Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Leah Walsh, and this is Rosette, the podcast. It's Leah here, and I'm so excited to bring you the first of many to come of our interviews with fair trade advocates and business owners and consumers and all different people. Um, I'm really excited that today we're sitting down with Erin Bird of Fair Trade Calgary. She's working as a professional engineer, and in her spare time, which I have no idea how she has any, <laughs> she actually basically runs the Fair Trade Calgary group who is advocating to make Calgary a fair trade town. We'll explain a little bit more about that in the actual interview. But it was absolutely wonderful to sit down with Erin. We go back way, way back. And if you want to check out the International Women's Day interview that I did with Erin on the Fairtrade Calgary feed, you can do that by checking out uh, Instagram. And of course, their handle is Fairtrade Calgary. Erin is doing so much great work and I'm so excited that she sat down with me and it's always such a pleasure and her audio is actually so much better than mine. She is a consummate professional. I know it's going to be really difficult but try not to judge me too hard on that because after all I am the one running this show and uh, my audio is absolutely not as as great as hers. Uh, So my apologies for that but uh, yeah it's still a really great interview and I can't wait to share it with you guys. So without further ado we're going to jump right in with Erin Bird of Fairtrade Calgary. So how are you doing today? It's funny. Sunday uh, usually is kind of my puttering around and trying to clean the house day. I really, I hate cleaning and I hate like trying <laughs> to get organized. And But I usually reserve Sundays, like do the laundry, try to clean the bathroom, you know, boring stuff. So sorry to <laughs> tell you about my mundane house chores, but that's kind of what I was doing before we got on. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like we deserve a pat on the back for doing that stuff because like, we're basically not hosting people anymore. So like my house has been a disaster zone since the pandemic started because like there's no like social pressure to yes. clean up because <laughs> nobody's coming over so you're like ah, it's just me who cares but yeah no I think I think that's worthy of a pat on the back I'm glad that you're getting credit for your for your like house cleaning <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just get you to go over um your organization and your position there really quickly Sure, sure. So um, I'm speaking on behalf of the volunteer work I do with Fair Trade Calgary, and I also sit on the executive board of the Canadian Fair Trade Network. So, so that's really what I'm passionate about related to um, ethical and sustainable purchasing, and um, and really the the movement that I'm trying to support is a fair trade movement. So, um, but yeah, I I also have a a regular job that pays the bills um, outside of my volunteer work. And that's um, working as a civil engineer for the city of Calgary. How long have you been doing portrait activism for? Yeah, um, I first connected with Engineers Without Borders. And um, and that was probably about 10 years ago, uh, where I wanted to get involved with international um you know, helping make the world a better place. And then I found that my circumstances didn't really, um, weren't going to allow me to do a lot of international traveling um, and, or I just didn't feel like that was calling me enough. So I was looking for something to do that would uh, provide impact at a local level, but also 
have that ripple effect to a global level. So that's where fair trade started to speak to me. I was, you know, uh, volunteering just ad hoc at some of the fair trade events that were happening in Calgary. And then when um, the the group, uh, they kind of lost a couple of leaders uh, from the group because they moved away, they needed somebody to take over that group. And so I, I volunteered to do that. I believe that was like maybe eight, eight years ago. Um, and then, wow. yeah, it seems like, you know, a short time, but a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I took it on, I was like, okay, I need to have a goal for what I want to do with the group. And that was uh, achieve the fair trade town designation, which we're still working on. Uh, it's been a slow plod, but still working on that. It seems like everyone I speak to who's involved in sort of the trade justice or like labor rights movement like fair trade, people tend to have this sort of like aha moment where they're like, oh yeah, like this is something that is important to me. And I wondered if you know when that moment was for you. Yeah, I mean, I had sort of just started getting involved in fair trade, but um, it was kind of a as a passive participant in some of the different events. And I think my aha moment was actually related to realizing especially with the with the fashion and the clothing movement I had started getting more educated as I sort of was deepening my knowledge of fair trade uh, on the clothing and and realizing there there was a real lack of fair trade clothing and understanding um, I think you know the whole uh, Bangladesh the collapse of the factory in Dhaka and that really spoke to me alongside the the fair trade angle that I was taking at the time. And I remember um, a specific instance, I wanted to buy some dress shirts for my husband for uh, he was starting a job or something. And I started looking at the labels and and this is the Hudson Bay company that I was in and the mall. And I was thinking to myself, well, surely Hudson Bay, you know, they're a Canadian brand. um, Surely they're supporting, you know, some some ethical uh, brands or some ethical uh, sources. And I was looking at, you know, the made in uh, to see where the country was made. And, and all of them were like South Asian countries like Bangladesh, Vietnam, China. I didn't see a single country where I could be sure of the working conditions. And, and not to say that Maybe some of those brands are good, but they just seem like like very big fast fashion brands. And yeah. even when I looked at, I, I remember then going over and seeing, I think it was the Olympics were coming up, uh, the Olympics in Vancouver were coming up. And I rem- yeah. remember looking, looking at the, the, the you know, the, the stuff they had, the mitts, the, the gloves, the hats and thinking, well, at least this will be Canadian. Right. And I looked at right. it and it was all made in China. And I was like, are you serious? Like, yeah. I was just, it just really, it put a pit in my stomach. And I said, I can't right. in good conscience buy anything from the store. And it just made me sad and mad And I just felt like this fire, like I need to do something about this. I need to figure out a way to find a solution for this. Um, And it felt really overwhelming and I felt really helpless. But at the same time, I knew that I couldn't support, I couldn't support that store that day. 
you know, even as I was deepening, because I'm involved in fashion revolution uh, as well. So I, I was involved in that in the last week of April as well, just because, right, that, like yeah. I said, that's very close to my heart. And, and even knowing that even in North America, we're not immune. Like there's people that are oh. working in, in, you know, they're usually migrant workers or newcomers to uh, Canada or the US and sometimes they're working in sweatshops and we don't necessarily know that uh, when we buy a piece of clothing like we need to actually do our research and require those brands to be transparent and accountable and sometimes that requires a lot of work that um, is hard to do and uh, yeah. unfortunately it yeah regardless of whether they're come you know a lot of stuff is imported which makes it even harder because we really don't have that transparency but knowing and realizing that this can happen anywhere is pretty um pretty alarming as well what are you working on right now with fair trade calgary we have our campaign to try to designate calgary as a fair trade town Uh, it has been a a bit of a slow slog uh especially with um COVID uh, really put a damper on the efforts that we were making progress on. Uh, Our big weakness is that we don't have enough restaurants who see the value or understand what fair trade is all about or offer those choices. Um, And, you know, we have some really great restaurants and unfortunately restaurants were hit quite hard during COVID. So, you know, trying to go to a small business now and tell them, well, can you carry something new that's going to be fair trade that might cost you more money or, you know, even just change the distribution of how you get your products. It's sometimes some, something that nobody has time for at this moment because everyone's yeah. just so focused on recovering from the pandemic and making sure their business stays afloat. So it's a hard uh, outreach to do at this moment uh, with restaurants. So I've been, uh, you know, trying to concentrate more on, other areas where we can take our campaign. Uh, We've had some involvement from the University of Calgary students who have worked on, you know, trying to get student voices talking about fair trade or trying to brainstorm ways in which we could have our campaign be more visible. Although um, some of the solutions take money and we don't have any money right now. So it's a little (laughs) bit of a catch 22. So, (laughs) but and working on on community group support because we do align ourselves with a lot of different, uh, both nonprofit and community associations and different groups across the city. So getting our letters of support in order. So just trying to do what we can right now to uh, still build that awareness, you know, make sure that we have booths at different events around town so people see that Fairtrade Calgary is still very active and and uh, promoting, you know, ethical uh, consumerism and World Fair Trade Day, we're going to do something with our Villages Calgary store. So yeah, just, you know, right. trying to do what we can to, to keep that awareness and visibility. For listeners who are not sure, can you really quickly outline like what those Fairtrade Town like designation thing is? Sure, sure. So, you know, in order to become a designated fair trade town, you need to have uh, a number of criteria met. So we need to have availability of fair trade product in a certain number of retail stores, in a certain number of restaurants or cafes. Uh, We also need to get municipal support and counselors and that. They like us to do all the legwork first and then they might 
be able to rubber stamp us, you know, a designation and pass a notice right. of motion through council. But we have to do all that legwork first. Uh, and then community groups, we need to have a certain number of community groups who write us a formal letter of support saying that, hey, we endorse the Fair Trade Town designation, we support it, we're aligned with your values, that type of thing, and have certain number of events, which we always have lots of events going on. And we're involved in quite a quite a lot of stuff informally with different um, organizations across Calgary. So so that's never an issue, but it's, yeah, just getting the number of restaurants, cafes, and getting the letters of support uh, from community uh, organizations. And then obviously getting that last uh, municipal support sign off where they're going to pass a notice of motion to actually procure fair trade coffee, tea and sugar for their council meetings, as well as support the fair trade town designation. So we're working on, you know, a number of different fronts on that. Um, you know, it just yeah. takes a lot of uh slow work and I, but I feel like we've made a lot of progress in people being aware of fair trade and understanding a bit more what it is and understanding different certifications maybe not taking things at face value and, and doing a little bit more digging so that's uh, yeah. you know a positive thing so we have to celebrate those small successes. What are you most excited about about the fair trade town campaign like what's what's getting you really excited these days about it? Well, you know, there's actually, it feels like there is a bit of a tipping point happening. Um, I'm hopeful that this is happening in Calgary and maybe all over Canada too, where people are starting to see the synergies between fair trade and other movements, other sustainable initiatives. Like people are starting right. to understand that climate action is really important. Well, climate and fair trade really go hand in hand. Similarly, uh, circular economy. I'm quite involved in a, a circular economy club as well here in Calgary and right. circular economy talking about, you know, zero waste and trying to uh, perpetuate a, an ongoing cycle of reusing and reinventing and not necessarily having to throw anything away and limiting our waste and only buying what we need, that, those types of things, those values all resonate uh, very much with the fair trade movement. And so uh, I feel like all of these different things are kind of coming to a head where people are realizing that we don't need so much stuff. We need to think about the values behind what we're purchasing and why we're purchasing it. And that reminds me a little bit of, you know, when we talk with people about fair trade and they realize that fair trade products tend to cost more that it tends to like make them feel a little apprehensive. But the thing is that we don't need as much as we're currently buying. And so if we had to buy as much stuff as we're currently buying and it costs more then yes, of course, that would be really challenging. But I think, yeah, the important thing is to get that shift in our mindset of like going from hyper consumerism to something that is more restrained. I don't think people get that piece of it, um, especially when the people producing most of our stuff aren't living in the same town as us, um, yeah. much less the same country a lot of times. So it's hard. It's hard for people to understand that's the connection. Like we're, we're per perpetrating uh, that inequality and really we should be taking more responsibility for not doing those types of things. What are some things that everyday people like our listeners can do to make sure that Fairtrade Calgary's campaign is successful like how can they help 
yeah, I mean, the biggest thing would be to, when you go to the store, uh, ask for fair trade, look for fair trade, talk to, you know, the store manager if you don't see fair trade items on their shelves, uh, especially in restaurants. I mean, that would be a huge deal if, you know, we have, there's a lot of fair trade products that restaurants could carry. There's, uh, you know, gluten-free uh, beer called Mongozo that's fair trade that you know, if every restaurant just carried a, a beer and a wine, um, it would be super easy. And a lot of times the wines are at a comparable price to any other wine, uh, like a fair trade wine could be very comparable in price to a non-fair trade wine. So, you know, those are very easy steps is just ask those restaurants to to carry a couple items. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not really going to change uh, their costs a lot and when you think about the the impact it could have in getting more restaurants and stores to carry fair trade goods it's just basically uh, having a ripple effect globally what's your advice to someone who's brand new to fair trade i would say that if you're really brand brand new uh, reach out. Like that's the thing is we're an organization who appreciates getting questions, who appreciates interacting with people and hearing what they, you know, if they have questions, if they don't know where to start, if they want to understand, like uh, I'm also helping organize uh, some uh, Canadian fair trade network webinars on uh, fair trade handbook that uh, we just published. So, you know, fair, get a fair trade handbook and, and read up on, on fair trade. It talks about so many different aspects of the fair trade movement. Uh, that's a great way to, to start your learning journey. But if you have questions that you just want to talk to somebody about, reach out to us, send me an email. I'm always happy to, to have a conversation, virtual conversation in, on the phone, doesn't really matter in person. Uh, always happy to just share whatever I've learned with other people. Everyone uh, contact Aaron with all your questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and, and tune in to our first uh, webinar series. So it's a book club in three yeah. parts because we're encouraging people to read that fair trade handbook and we'll have a panel of speakers on uh, May 25th. So you can find the very first uh, webinar series registration on Eventbrite. Just search CFTN webinar series and you'll find it or email me and, and I'll give you the details. If you're in Calgary, Aaron's the... Erin's the Calgary fair trade lady. I'm the Ottawa fair trade lady. Aaron's well, and yeah, read, read the Rosette blogs because those are all always chock full of information too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try to update the blog on Rosette fair trade pretty often. We're going to go into like our, I should call it our like sudden death round. It's like <laughs> our, <laughs> our like fun questions. <laughs> no worries. I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> okay. So question one, what song have you got on repeat right now? So my last name is Bird, and uh, because it's myself, my husband, and we have our cat, Shadow, we often play um, Bob Marley's uh, Three Little Birds, like, oh. don't worry about a thing, everything's going to be all right. That's our song. Yeah. It's a long song, and, it, and we usually have it on repeat during the weekends as we're getting breakfast ready, and oh. yeah, it just reminds us of, you know, that's kind of our little family unit is my husband, myself, and my cat. <laughs> That is maybe the most wholesome and adorable thing I've heard today. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, what emoji do you use the most? 
Uh, probably a happy face. Uh, I always, you know, sometimes I get sarcastic and I want to make, make sure people know that I'm just joking. So put a happy face afterwards or, you know, sending people some good thoughts. So send a happy face as well. So, and so is it yeah. A standard happy or are the eyes closed and it's like up a little blush on the cheeks? Yeah, a little blush on the cheeks. Yeah, it all depends on how tech uh, savvy and whatever emoji comes up quickly is the one I'll probably use because I'm not, I don't like searching around a lot. (laughs) I'm very impatient. (laughs) If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Superpower, honestly, uh, we were talking about how much I hate cleaning. And if I could have a superpower to just wave a wand and everything would be clean without me having to lift a finger, that would be, I know that's not very uh, selfless. That's a pretty (laughs) selfish superpower that I want. No, that's a great superpower. (laughs) Have you ever worn a banana suit and explain yourself? Oh, of course. I wear banana suits. <laughs> I wear them a little too much because my husband like gets really embarrassed. Uh, he sees so many banana <laughs> pictures of me on the internet and he's like, Aaron, this does not look professional. You should really rethink how you want to brand <laughs> Fairtrade Calgary because this is really silly. And it's funny, you know, there are some people who are very opposed to people wearing banana suits. They really do think it's quite unprofessional. And then you have the people that are more fun and you know those are the people I think I'd prefer to hang out with anyways so (laughs) if you can't love me in a banana suit uh come on like that's pretty sad (laughs) I it's 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 amazing I'm like picturing you guys in marriage counseling it's like but you won't (laughs) the banana suit no I loved I loved wearing the banana suit so much and I kept borrowing it from Fairtrade Canada and then forgetting forgetting to give it back to them (laughs) and so I ended up getting guys to do an air quote. Yeah, yeah. And so I um, I ended up actually having a banana suit made. A friend of mine uh, took the one that I was borrowing. Amazing. Well, I've given that one to Bev now. So Bev has the fair trade banana suit. It's not me it's anymore. In Alberta. Okay? Uh, it's, it's in Alberta, but it's not <laughs> fair trade Calgary because we made our own. We sewed our own banana suit just so I could have my very own to wear whenever I want. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and the PS, the, the high pressure one, tell me your best dad joke. Okay. So, so this is not a very good joke, but, um, knock, knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock, knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange, you glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> <laughs> That's the corniest joke I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is nostalgic for me because I think we used to tell that when I was a kid. Yeah. About oranges and bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. That that was a perfect execution of a dad joke. I appreciate that. Where can folks find you? So yeah, we have a website, fairtradecalgary.com. We're on Instagram at fairtradecalgary. We have Facebook. We we do have Twitter at fairtradeyyc, but I don't use Twitter as much. We also have LinkedIn, fairtradecalgary as well. <laughs> We're in as many places as I can manage. And yeah, Amazing. you can always email us fairtradecalgary at gmail.com as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining me. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It was great chatting with you again, Leah.
Thank you so much again to Aaron Bird from Fairtrade Calgary for joining us for this interview. It was such a great interview and we really appreciate it. You can find all of the information about where to find Fairtrade Calgary and Aaron in the show notes. And thank you for tuning in and joining us for this interview. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help us boost visibility for this little podcast. And I look forward to bringing you more interviews like this in the future. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye for now.